0: Hello listeners and welcome to State of the Union, your weekly breakdown of all things Scottish independence. I am your host, here to guide you through the constitutional questions facing Scotland today, Stephen Payton. The date is Friday, the 1st of October 2021. Let's get into it. Kicking things off, it would appear as if the UK government is preparing itself for yet another big push to save the Union. After several previous relaunches failed to gain any support or interest whatsoever. Though not officially announced as such, I do think it's pretty clear that something is in the works based on recent developments. For a start, the open role in the Scotland office has been filled, though the story of how that came to be is pretty much an argument for independence in itself. Following a cabinet reshuffle, Tory MP David Duguid lost his junior ministerial position in the Scotland office, which to all intents and purposes has become an outdated propaganda unit for the UK government. The role was left open, leaving some to speculate around whether or not Johnson could even find someone willing to take the role. Well, he found someone and all it took was sticking the vicky up to the most basic democratic principles that supposedly define Britain. And yes, that is sarcasm, in case you couldn't tell. The role of junior minister will now be held by Malcolm Offord. You may remember Offord from the Holyrood election in May, when he ran and failed to get a seat for the Conservatives in the Lothian region. Well what's electoral failure to the Tories but a minor inconvenience? Having been rejected by the electorate, Offord will now just be put into the House of Lords and from there he can take on the ministerial position in the Scotland office. And I am sure that the near £150,000 that offered donated to the Conservatives has absolutely nothing to do with that decision. So, if you remember, Offord was actually around during the 2014 referendum, he was behind the Vote No Borders campaign, an astroturf anti-indie organisation, bankrolled in part by Offord himself. He's also thrown cash in the direction of Michael Gove personally. Deep pockets, it seems, may have more of a role to play in getting a seat in the cabinet than actual experience or expertise, but we do know what this government thinks about experts. And while anti-indie-focused offered is taking his seat in the Scotland office, the UK government meanwhile continues to dodge questions around just how many times its Union Strategy Committee has met since it was established. This is the new union unit that was set up in February of this year to replace the old union unit which I believe was set up to replace the old union unit. <laughs> When asked by The National through a Freedom of Information request how many times the group had met, the paper was told that while the UK government did have that information, they would not be sharing it. Supposedly because the balance of public interest favors withholding this information. Well, what could that public interest be? Have they met at all? Would this reveal that they haven't actually done much planning in any way? Or are they hunkered down, working on the next big steps in quashing support for independence? It seems to me that following their big announcements that the union was in safe hands and that the union unit was on the case, now eight months later they have absolutely nothing to show for it and appear to be going out of their way to not draw attention to that glaring fact. Case in point being that this week it was reported that Downing Street has warned ministers to stop talking about independence. Because it seems that every time the Tories open their mouths on the issue, it only helps build the case for leaving the UK. Funny that. A UK government insider also reportedly said that a second independence referendum would be very hard to win for the no-side. And gee, amid empty supermarket shelves and a UK-wide fuel shortage, spiralling energy costs and a labour shortage alongside that, as we head into winter, I think I can maybe see why. This change in strategy follows the appointment of Lord McInnes as the Prime Minister's union advisor. So having failed to make the case for the union, the current strategy appears to be to pretend like there isn't a near even split between yes and no supporters in Scotland. And just hope that by pushing the issue into a fridge, it'll just go away. So here we currently are. Scotland is hugely vulnerable under the Conservative government, and while they are currently keeping stream on the issue, appear to be manoeuvring towards something in the future through these recent appointments and political decisions. But would it be any different or better under a Labour government? Well, having watched and listened to parts of the Labour Party's conference this past week, I have to say that if I wasn't already a firm supporter of independence, that would certainly have pushed me over the edge. Putting aside the conference's various policy failures and cringe-inducing campaign launches, one of the big uh, moments would have to have been Keir Starmer's adoption of a hard-line anti-independence position at conference. One Labour member described the party leader as having breathtaking arrogance towards Scotland after Starmer accused the SNP of walking in lockstep with the Tories. Scotland can only be saved by the unifying force of Labour, apparently, Starmer went as far as claiming that Labour are the party of the union. Which to me signals a party that doesn't have a clue about what is happening in Scotland and the discussion around self-determination and just why so many people want to leave the UK union. Instead, it was just more of the same tired myths about pro indy supporters and more than that, that same entitled approach to Scottish votes that lost them so much support north of the border in the first place. Scots have rejected the Tories at every election since the 50s. Why do they think that tacking further to the right as they have done is the way to get those votes back? Instead, it seems they'll just focus on making the union their main selling point, like the Tories, who have managed to coast through several elections now with nothing but a promise to stop a referendum and Ruth Davidson's face on every piece of campaign literature they could get it on, even when she wasn't the party leader anymore. But that is all for this week. So, with all that said and done, where does that leave the State of the Union? Like Britain's petrol stations, running on empty. See you all again next week.